love Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? This is State of My Sports. We'll talk everything Michigan sports like only we do, and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery. Grading the beer throughout the episode, so pop a cold one on your end, and we'll get busy on ours. This is the state of my sports. And this is episode 185, recording live on December 20th, 2022 from the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe. We were off last week, so we will touch on the Lions' win against the Vikings, but also the win against the Jets, back-to-back wins so that we we get to talk about. That's kind of fun. Um, they went from 1-6 to 7-7 seven seven in position to make the playoffs. We'll discuss how the season has turned around and preview the Panthers' matchup a little bit as well. We'll discuss the NFL playoff picture and lay out the Detroit Lion fan rooting guide for week 16? Yeah. 17. No, four, 15. I, I don't know. I just 15, said, yeah. I believe. I trust doesn't you. doesn't matter. Um, without a Michigan game and playoff. Uh, in that range. A Michigan game and playoff matchup to discuss yet. Uh, we will put a bow on the disappointing Spartan season and revisit some of the s- things that we said in our season preview. We will make our picks against the spread in our bettinghero.com segment. Of course, we will drink and review some Michigan craft beer. If you're joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, let us know what you're sipping on and be part of the conversation. Before we jump in, I did go out and I give a quick shout-out to our sponsors that help keep this thing rolling and free for our listeners. The Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery state of my sports. And bettinghero.com helps us and you get the best promotions available in the sports betting world. I am Sam Walthart. With me today, we got Micah Smith. What's up? We got John Dornboss and Ryan Walthart. Everybody's Whoa. here. Hey, I love the this energy, by the incredible. way. Thank Great you. energy at the, hey, in, I appreciate in the intro. It. That was... That's I appreciate you saying yeah, that. Yeah, it was awesome. I worked really hard on that. I'm fired only took up. Me, only took me three tries, so yeah. <laughs> worked out good. No, but we're all here, and we don't know how to make this work, so we're going to do our best. I mean, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of talking, right? So we'll see. We'll have to keep it keep it short, especially when we talk about the Packers. We haven't had uh, all of us here at the same time in a, in a while, it's right? It's been probably a year. Probably since the season preview <laughs> of the Sparties. That's right. And but John wasn't even mentally there because he was doing his draft. Oh, I was all over the place oh, that yeah. night, man. I was frustrated. I wanted to jump in your pool and yeah. not wait, come back up. Wait, are we going to get a like a oh. season recap of how that team went? No. I, it's probably comparable to what Michigan State did from the same oh. night on the season preview. Oh, boy. Yeah, it was brutal. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of injuries and two QB league. I shouldn't have picked uh Hey, somebody's phone. Oh, I'm not hearing anything. I'm I honestly am not getting anything in my headphones right now. Me either. I just thought it was because I was wearing a <laughs> the beanie. beanie? Yeah. Or a toque. Would you call it a beanie or a toque? I've never said toque in my life. No. What's a toque? Canadians toque? call them toques. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not Canadian, so yeah. I guess that makes sense. Hey. Yeah. Hey. I don't know. I've called them toques before. Like, so, so someone left one behind in the locker room uh, when we were at, like, the coldest rink. Someone left, like, their Grand Valley alumni one. So I was like, "Oh, I get to use Tuke, because I'm. This is a hockey group." So, in the email out to everybody, I was like, "And if anybody left a Grand Valley Tuke behind, we got it. Just let us know." Wait, it's Tuke or Tink? Tuke. Okay. Like T U K, I think. Oh. Yeah. All right. 
Never would have thought that. Yeah. You're going to use it now. But never again. <laughs> but but you're going to think about it every time. <laughs> Actually, I'm not Canadian. Put, every time you put on your beanie, you're going to be like, oh, it's a toque as well. People might. I'll forget that so fast. You think so? Yeah. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> you visit hey. Canada often. I mean, come on. I've driven through the last one time. Country he's ever been, yeah, been through I've driven through one time, yeah. So how you guys been? John, you have a good week? A couple weeks, I guess? Yeah, just busy at work. Same yeah. old thing. Grinding away. Excited for the holidays? I am. I have a couple of days off coming up nice. in the next two weeks. So, yeah, looking forward to a little bit of a breather and back to the grind after the calendar turns. Yeah, for sure. Good for you, man. How about you, Ryan? Same Same thing? Yeah. Yeah, Same just looking, looking forward to forgetting <laughs> about like, the grind for a while. Yeah. Yep. And, Mike, you're, you're cl- finishing up the week and then you're yeah. on vacation? Looking forward to a break, baby. Nice. Oh, that's good. I, I hope people get some extra time off during this time of year. I actually have a half day tomorrow and then off till 2023, so that would be kind of nice. Very nice. Wait, you have a half day tomorrow and then yeah. not? Uh, and I'm done. Nice. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that's it. That's, like, exactly I what I'm planning on doing. any of my vacations, so I was just like, whatever. I'll toss it all up towards the end here and i mean it worked out good oh is it that that's the phone so i want to keep it close because it's the wi-fi so oh there he knows what he's doing yeah look at that he's got it he's got it he's on top of it all, all off camera yeah so it was a good thing that we narrated it <laughs> yeah, from just, <laughs> he did such a good job being quiet and made no like it was perfect hey he that's a, a that's that job. production pay right there yeah exactly <laughs> Ugh, i forgot about that did you, get a, did you get a raise or something? Like, no. what's going on here? I'm, I'm waiting for that year-end bonus, yeah. though, Sam. I think I made the most episodes. <laughs> I would say you did. I would say you did, for sure. We have profit sharing, right? Yeah, exactly. You got yours in the mail, Excellent. right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I sent those out. Was it a bill or was it a <laughs> It was a bill, yeah. <laughs> okay. You guys owe me a, a little bit for beer. <laughs> a little bar tab. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it said this is not a bill. Didn't believe it. It's definitely a bill. Revenue sharing, negative. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. Let's let's uh, real quick get into our beer intros today. We're obviously at the Hops Brewing Company Cafe, probably for the last time for for at least a while. Um, everybody knows that they've been closed for going on what three months now. It's been a while. At they least. went through some staffing stuff. They're trying to get it figured out. Going on forever. Um, are but they, are they done? I mean, this is kind of the last last little bit of our agreement that we had to for the official brewery of state of my sports. So. Cheers to the hops, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But we're drinking the premium lager. Um, so they're in cans over here, so we thought that would probably be the best way to go. 4.5% alcohol by volume. We've all done this one before. It's good beer. Um, but, Micah, you're drinking Juicy Ball, right? Yeah. That's yep. a good, flavorful, fruity IPA. Juicy IPA, baby. Juicy IPA. So yep. That's what we're drinking today. We're going to get into some lion stock. You guys ready to do this? Do it. All right. If it's craft beer... In Michigan sports, we may not be the authority, but we love both like a fat kid loves cake. This is State of My Sports. Going back a couple weeks now, the Detroit Lions hosted the Minnesota Vikings with a chance to clinch the playoffs. And Well, sorry, the Vikings had the chance to clinch the playoffs and the division, but the Lions shut them down. Uh, they beat them 34-23 behind an incredible passing uh, game led by Goff. Uh, from really from start to finish, uh, the Lions never trailed, and they scored early in the fourth quarter to extend their lead 21 to 13, um, or from 21 to 13 to 28 to 13, and pretty much sealed the deal. Um, it did kind of come down some to some plays towards the end, but really the game was never in doubt, which was pretty exciting. Uh, Goff was 27 to 39 for 330 yards, three touchdowns, and again took care of the football. 
DJ Chark led the way with six catches for 94 yards and a touchdown. St. Brown, six catches for 68. Uh, Reynolds, five for 21 and a touchdown. And then Jamison Williams got his first uh, catch and touchdown of the game um, with the 41-yard touchdown Of his career, right? Of his career, yeah. First, first catch of his career. First catch. And man, that Goes was for a touchdown, baby. It, you know, I didn't really want to – I don't want to dig too much into this game. I don't think it's worth it. I mean, we've we've talked about – or we're going to talk about where we're at now more than anything. But there was just some points in this game that I think we needed – that we don't want to bypass, if that makes sense. Um, the game was really fun. It really was. Uh, the Vikings – I mean, the Lions showed up and, and did an incredible job. And the way that I really looked at this game um, was, you know, it felt like there were so many SOL moments that were just kind of killed. You know what I mean? Like – as soon as it looks like it's going bad, they made a play. They made the difference. They killed SOL one play at a time. And really, I thought the first time that they, the first moment of that was, uh, it was fourth and sixth. So the Lions got the ball first. Uh, they didn't score. They hold the Vikings right back. They hold them to a fourth and six. They punted away. Lions were offsides. Fourth and one. I want to say it was around the 50-yard the line. So it was like a good opportunity for the Vikings to be like, all right, fourth and one, let's make them pay for this. They go for it on fourth down, and the Lions stop them. That's the exact opposite of what we're used to. That's the exact opposite of what same old Lions is. This, and that was just, like, awesome to see that because the way that – I think it was Okuda that came in and made that play too, which is another another cool part of it. Wasn't it uh, was Mike? Deshaun, Mike uh, man, I'm, I'm going to find it. I was just about to I look might be it. getting games confused at this point, but it's hard when that happens. But, I mean, just the way that they shut the door – Got the ball back. They ran the ball in the very next play, and then James Williams got the touchdown two plays later, which was just—it was so cool the way. And look, it was a blown coverage, obviously that got Jamison Williams open, but uh, Goff hit him. Uh, Jamison Williams really had uh, a good time celebrating that that touchdown. And we're gonna try something a little different here. We actually got the highlight of it in the call, so I'm gonna, uh, John, if you can pull that up here. Yeah, that one right there. See if we can get. Get, might got to rewind it actually now that I look at it. Yeah, rewind that to the beginning. See if we can get the sound. Got to hit play, I think. But like, this is the play here. Play Second action. Five off the fake to Jamal Williams. Goff going deep, wide open, touchdown on his first NFL reception. The rookie out of Alabama, Jamison Williams. Celebrated hard, man. Yeah, he earned it, man. Yeah. After everything he like just went through. Oh yeah. I don't like that he ran away from his teammates that were just chasing him all down. Oh, I don't care. He was just pumped. It didn't bother you that he ran away from his teammates. No, he's a team guy. <laughs> I hope so. Those <laughs> wide receivers usually aren't. So no, but I mean, it was so cool that he was the one that kind of opened the game up that way, take the early lead, and and it was kind of the. It felt like. After the, st- the fourth down stop to get that play, to get a touchdown, it was pretty freaking cool. Um, a second moment that I thought was SOL killing was uh, 7-7 midway through the, the, the second qu- quarter. Um, on third and 11, Justin Jefferson made made that play on Akuda. Really good route and stuff, um, but he had to come back and get that ball and ended up being a yard short of the first down marker. Crucial moment there in the in the game. Uh, they reviewed it. and that, like when As soon as, I think it's O'Connell, right? That's their coach's name. When he challenged it, I was just like, all right, it's obviously not a first down, but what are they going to yeah. do to change that? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, like, that's not really like something that the Lions can control, but 
those are the plays that are we're so used to being like, yeah, we didn't. We're, we're going to get screwed over some way in this call. There's going to be a loophole of why he gets the first down, why he doesn't, um, and he didn't, which was 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 really cool. And then you kind of built off of that. Um, it was a, a nice punt return by Raymond um, in in, the, in that play, and then the very next play was the 48 yard touchdown to Chark. So it was like the way that these two moments, key moments, happened, and then you ends up with a quick score. I just I love the way that this team's playing. I love the way that. They're not letting those moments get the best of them. They're not letting those moments define their game, their, define their season, at least where we're at right now. Well, and I think, I think everything that they were doing early on in the season where maybe it looked like desperation or it, it wasn't you know very well-timed or something from a coach's perspective, we're seeing the benefits of that right now. We're seeing where the players feel free to go play the game in an aggressive manner without the repercussions of getting taken off the field because they're just reckless. Like the coach the coaching staff has trust in their players and they've been saying from day one, no, go do your thing. You gotta play fast. You gotta play aggressive. We trust you. Go go ahead. We're gonna give you a leash. Mm-hmm. And and so like going back to the, the first fourth down that we brought up, you know, fourth and one, they the Vikings wanted to make them pay. I think it was either Okuda or Mike Hughes, but I know Mike Hughes two or three times in that game did the same thing where you know your cornerback is flying through the defensive line because he gets an early read on a run and completely takes out Delvin Cook and blows up the play. Those are the kind of things that, that matter, right? Because if, if you don't have that confidence, if you're second-guessing yourself, you're not going to play downhill. You're not going to play with that speed. You're not going to make the big play in the big moment. So instead of second-guessing yourself, you're trusting that on the backside, somebody's got your back, you know, behind you, and then you can be aggressive and go do your, your thing. Yep. So all of the things that maybe fans were frustrated with early on, part of that process, the maturity process of this team, we're, we're reaping the benefits of it right now. Yep, agree. Uh, another uh, SOL killing moment was the forced fumble that Bugs and Joseph have. So Bugs actually forced the fumble. Joseph picked it up. So the, the Vikings were inside the five-yard line late in the second half, um, and it was just a, a crucial moment. I think it was – I think it was 14-7 maybe. It was a close game still. It was, yeah. Um, and they tried – I don't know what they were doing. It looked like it was almost like a halfback pass. Like it he was. was going to do that jump pass. Oh, but, yeah. Um, I forget who it was. Knocked the, their tight end off off his route a little bit. Made him second guessing. He's ready to throw. And we, not, we forced the fumble. And it's yeah. just – that's not what the Lions do. Yeah, they ended up going and missing a field goal. That sucked. A 47-yarder with 13 seconds left. And then the Vikings looked like they were about to put some points up. But we got off the field with another sack, which was cool. How it just it went from really good to ah, we missed an opportunity to another opportunity for them to to double up. You know what I mean? Like try to score before halftime and then uh, do it again uh, in the second half. Um, the fourth SOL killing moment, uh, fourth and seven uh, from their own 26-yard line. I think this was the first first drive of the second half for the Lions. Fourth and seven on your own 26-yard line. And they do a fake punt. And C.J. Moore ran it for 42 yards. It was I, – I just thought of the cojones that Dan Campbell has to make that call, or just that the team – I should probably give the special teams coordinator a, little, a lot of credit with that because they, they're looking for a certain read, and as soon as he got it, they, to go for it then. And for him to give them the leash to go for it in that situation is pretty sweet. And they, they, it was awesome. 
Like he ended up being our leading rusher with that one run. Yeah. And then we got the the number thirty three. It was another Williams. I don't even know who he is to be honest with you. Got the taunting pop penalty after the fact, but it didn't let him. It didn't set him back. You know, they just went down, continued uh, thirteen play, seven minute, four second drive, and finished with a five yard touchdown to Reynolds. They didn't let that penalty knock him out of field goal range, and then just sulk in the corner. They went out and and backed him up for his stupid mistake of doing it. Um, it, that's kind of what this game was to me. It was just it felt like uh, exercising so many demons, and it was just like they are literally every time that their backs against the wall, every time it looks like things are going to go bad, they stop. And I feel like they've done that over the last several weeks. Um, but this game, it just kind of really uh, stood out to me. And then the fifth and final one on the last offensive drive, third and seven at the two minute warning. This is just the. It's not really as, as same old Lions killing moment, and I get that, but it was just an unbelievable play call. And for it to work when they put uh, Penny Sewell in motion, and they've been setting this up for several weeks. They've been putting him in motion. They've put um, the other big extra lineman that they when they bring in, they put him in motion. They run the ball, constantly run the ball. And all of a sudden, this was their chance. They set it up so many times. And sure enough, I mean, we actually have that as a clip too, the, the Penny Sewell one. I think we should we should – Pull that up because this one's just incredible. In motion is Sewell. Golf to throw. Wants to throw it to Sewell. Oh, he oh, caught oh, it. He swiped that one. I was a little down nervous for that. You are my hero. <laughs> Getting the big fella. Got the big fella. I love it. He went in motion. Did you see that speed with the big fella coming across? Those hands. Thank you, Ben Johnson. I love you. Can you replay that? Actually, the I want to watch the way that Sewell is moving and then catches that ball. Oh, the slap. Watch. Get out of my face. <laughs> That's my favorite part of that. Yeah, you didn't get a penalty. Bad, dude. That is Oh, it's so good. Man, these, these clips right here, like, have made, yeah. Or, uh, Dan Miller. Yes, with Dan Miller and, and uh, what, Lo, um, uh, Lomas Brown? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, these I love guys, those. watching this after the game, the Lions will post, like, their clip it, of the day or something. Yeah. It just, like, it seriously makes my day the next day yep. when, I, when I get to watch that. Same. It's so it much fun to watch. It gives me listening to those calls, honestly. Yeah. Like, Dan Miller, I've loved him for, like, I used to listen to him all the time, and now, like, usually I watch. But when I get a when I'm driving from one place to another and I can listen, I'm just like, oh, yeah, because you know you're going to be so able to watch good. what you hear later on. Yeah. You're going to find the the highlights and as much as you can see. But yeah. man, they they but do the such a good job. the way that they do like the the play and like the them in the booth. Yeah. Oh, it's so. And honestly, all right, I'm going to go a little geeky here. But have you like noticed like all the spotters and stuff like pointing oh, yeah. at stuff? And he's like pointing. And he like writes on a sticky note. He's like 51 oh. yards. And he's he like shows it to like, him, and it's yeah. like immediately it's, he like includes it in his mid sentence. Yeah. It's it's a lot <laughs> of skill there. It is so cool to watch those. I love it. I love it, but um, just that play in general was was such a fun, fun way to put the game away for for the most part. Um, they did end up kicking a field goal uh, a little bit later in that with with just a few seconds left. So that was kind of what put it. It was a forty nine yarder. So he missed earlier. What was I say? Forty seven. They sent him out there when it mattered the most. Up eight, put this game away or punt it. And give them the ball, and he decided to in. kick the field goal. He barely got it, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a, a fun moment. Um, 
little little bit about the stats there. I already talked about golf. C.J. Moore led the way on the ground. I think that's a little concerning, but when you're set up to throw the ball you were against the Vikings, don't want to lose any sleep over a, a bad rushing game, I guess. Um, Jamal Williams had 16 carries for 37 yards, um, but C.J. Moore, like I said, led the way. But the way they spread the ball around was pretty impressive. You had Chark with six, Amon Ross St. Brown with six, Josh Reynolds with five, you had Jameson Williams with one, Khalif Raymond with two, Swift, Zielstra, two, Justin Jefferson, Penny Sewell with one. So, I mean, just they're spreading the ball around so well. And it seems like they're doing it early in the game. They're getting everybody involved early so they don't lose them during the game, which is pretty, pretty cool. Um, on a negative side, Kirk Cousins threw the ball all over, 31-41, 425 yards, and 223 of those to Justin Jefferson. Uh, without Akuda, he was kind of in and out of that game, mostly out uh, after the first quarter. But that was a little concerning. You don't like to see that. Uh, but it is what it is. And they, it seemed like they were going to say, somebody else, like, you're going to get yours, but you're not going to beat us. Somebody else better beat us. And they didn't have any – response i guess yeah i mean justin justin jefferson's been doing that to every team he's lined up against all season long so yeah, you, no can't, yeah. you can't take that with too much you know grain of salt there but keeping him out of the end zone keeping him from making the big plays the game changing yeah. plays is what we did we didn't contain him but we minimized his uh impact on the field yeah so i mean really in a nutshell just winning that game the way that they did was pretty cool they dominated the one of the best teams in, in the the nfc Right, they're in the N- yeah NFC. I always, yeah NFC. Um, they're in our division. I know, but I'd never. I, I, that's like something that I've never been able to big rival. <laughs> I always second guess if I'm right with the NFC AFC thing. I don't know why. I know we're NFC. We're NFC North. I know that, but when I say it out loud, I want to just protect myself. So thanks. Just thanks say, for that. Just yeah, say I'm NFL. I mean, if you need, if we need to talk about it, we can get through this together. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to move on to Sunday. Uh, the Lions went back uh, to MetLife Stadium. This time they faced the 7-6 and six Jets with both teams looking to keep their playoff hopes alive. Uh, it was a very hard-fought game, not pretty. Back-and-forth game uh, that ended with a missed 58-yard field goal by the Jets for the Lions to get the huge road win 20-17 to and get back to 500 at 7-7. Seven and seven. Uh, The game started out with a crucial moment on drive one when the Lions' 14-play, 8-minute drive ended at the Jets' 2-yard line after Jamal Williams was stopped at the goal line on fourth down. Uh, I personally believe it was the right decision. I don't want to second-guess that. And, and it, it kind of paid off because the defense did their job. They held them to, I think, negative one yard in that, that drive. And here I, here I am losing my spot. Uh, but, they, yeah, so they ended up forcing the punt. Khalif Raymond took it back for a 47-yard touchdown. Uh, the Lions looked to be taking at least a – sorry, the punt returned for a touchdown was really what made that worth going for it on fourth down. It was you set yourself up defensively. Like, you, you're not going to get a better punt than that. So I, I'm okay with going for it. Did you like that, going for it in that situation? Yeah, I think it was the right, it was the right call, um, especially in that kind of a game. It was the weather. That game was such a weather-dependent type of outcome. Mm-hmm. We knew it was going to be lower scoring. Uh, it took them eight, you know, eight minutes to get down the field. You're not going to get those – too many times in one game yeah so try to capitalize while you're down there and you know it 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 turned out well in the end but again this goes back to the same old lions you know that could have been a backbreaker and a, and a big momentum swing very early on in the game with the previous you know regimes or really 
in the Lions' history. Yeah. It seems like those kind of things derailed the team, and, and instead it turned into a massive swing back in our direction with mm-hmm. the 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 defensive stand, the punt, and then the touchdown. I mean, we got, we got the points in the end. Yep, exactly. But it actually probably meant more than – just a, a long drive. Yep, I agree. They with that. capitalized on it. Yep, I agree. Uh, the Lions looked to take a. Uh, it looked like they were going to take a 10-7 lead into halftime, but kind of b- bad clock management uh, drive. They punted, and then the Jets got down the field pretty quickly and tied the game at ten, um, and had a chance to double up, kind of the the last score of the, the first half. I've got a question about the clock management. You can finish your thought, but well, like, no, why do you think it was bad? I just I, because of how it worked out. I think it was going okay. Like it, it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily wrong, but you gave them that that chance to get the stop. Yeah. I guess um, it felt like you could have. So I could have drained a little bit more. I'm noticing a pattern with Dan Campbell, and it's all about options. So he, what's important for him is the flexibility to do what he wants based on the situation of the of the game. So. I, what some coaches will do is have their plan for what they're going to be doing, uh, whether that's like kicking a field goal and exactly how much time they need per play, and they'll have that kind of pre-planned out in their head, and that's the way they coach. Whoa, that exploded on you. Yeah, it did. <clears throat> but what we're seeing out of Dan Campbell is that he prioritizes options. So he gives himself enough time if they need to go for a touchdown, or, uh, and then he also doesn't want to give the other team too much time. It might result in some time, but not – enough to capitalize too much so i i my message to the lions fans is get used to it this seems to be his strategy yeah and when it's I, I guess when you're turn getting the getting the turnovers or holding a team you know stopping them on third down on fourth down getting the ball back what i've been impressed with is how quick detroit wants to score years past you get a turnover you you stop the other team it's always been three and out you know whether it's three incomplete passes or they try to they try to scare the team and fake them out, and they run the ball three times, and they turn the ball over. It keeps the momentum in their favor, keeps those drives alive. I, I, I just like where the offensive play calling is coming from right now. Yeah. Mixing it up and mixing in these little trick plays every now and then uh, and taking advantage of those situations. Yeah. It, it does seem like he's thinking even further than a lot of people even will. You know what I mean? Like he's not thinking about necessarily – using up a clock to get the last score every time. He's thinking, all right, well, if we don't score and they get a quick score, we will have a certain amount of time to maybe score again. Yeah. And it's kind of like even thinking of, and I hate saying this, but like if the worst were to happen, we're still going to be in position to answer that before it's too late. It's like the, the basketball two-for-one concept where if you have 30 seconds left or maybe 35 seconds left – Get a shot up. Yeah. Try to get some points out of this because the other sure team's going to get another possession either way. Yep. Right? So you give enough, leave enough time for you to get one more. Uh, options. Again, I think you'll see that at the end of the game, at the end of the half, it, even starting with five, six minutes left in in the half of the game, those kinds of – like that, the, the, that's the pattern I'm noticing is yep. that he's leaving himself some time to figure it out. All right. Um, so they had the opportunity to go back to back with the field goal. They got the ball first, uh, but Kirby jo- Kirby Joseph got the int uh, and, and set up the Lions to retake the lead, thirteen ten, uh, which they held until really four minutes and twelve forty two seconds left. Wasn't it the, Jerry Jacobs? Yeah, it was. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. Uh, when the Jets took the lead, seventeen thirteen, uh, with just over four and a half minutes left, the, the 
Lions picked up a third and two and then were allegedly stopped on third and seven. So did you think that that was the that was a terrible spot? Terrible. I was terrible spot. Furious that he wasn't challenging that call. Me until too. Until what happened next? Johnny, better hurry. You got that Twitter thing to come <laughs> up here soon. We got a highlight. We could talk. <laughs> we could talk. I can. <laughs> no, I get. It. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it at the end there. Um, but yeah, they they picked up a big third and two early on in that drive. But then that third and seven, I thought they picked it up. I was kind of ticked that he didn't challenge it. And then when it went down to the two minute warning, I was wondering all right now that it's at two minute warning does the booth call that a challenge or is that something that the lines would still have to do since it was before the two minute warning i was going back and forth i fully expected them to challenge it coming out of that commercial but they didn't they I lined did, up I for did it too. they lined up for it on fourth and one uh when ben johnson dialed up another great play call uh that looked like it was supposed to be to st brown first he looked like he was clearly the number one um but then brock wright i Goff did uh, say that he is the number two in that. Brock Wright was. Yeah. Um, and they got it to him. He slipped out uncovered for a four-yard catch, and then he took that an additional 47 yards to the end zone to retake the lead. Uh, the Jets picked up a third and 19 and a fourth and 18 to get to the Lions' 40-yard line when time expired. They put a second back on the clock for the Jets to attempt a 58-yard field goal. Really good same old Lions-type moment, but it didn't happen when the 58-yard Field tying field goal wasn't even yeah. close. Did you did you think that was going in, <laughs> or did you actually? Because I didn't. I didn't I, think, but so. I should. I should have thought that it was going in when it was sixty six yards or sixty seven from Justin Tucker a couple years ago. I knew ago. it was going in. I knew it was going in too. Yeah. It was like, oh, he's going to make this. This is a total Lions moment. This here. one, I was just, yeah. I wasn't nervous. I wasn't either. It was in, and, and that's really weird. Yeah. Um. It's just what the difference of, of this game. Yeah. Or of this team, I this guess. Team, compared yeah. To, yeah. So that, that miss uh, secured the Lions' sixth victory in seven games. Um, John, we talked a little bit about that, that Brock Wright touchdown, man. All right, but going back to the the fourth down attempt early on in the game, did not get the touchdown first Jamal one at Williams, the goal line, yeah. Jamal Williams. That set up this play. So in we saw the Penny Sewell play last week. We've, we've seen some of these, like, you know, play action passes with fourth and one critical type of situations. Yeah. If you never run the ball, they won't respect the, your ability to run the ball in those situations. Mm-hmm. So going forward on fourth and one at the goal line, handing it off to Jamal Williams, and they did it another time with fourth down with Jamal uh, DeAndre Swift, actually. Yeah. Uh, he picked it up on those fourth down situations. They had to sell out against the run. They had to mm-hmm. because they've established that was their pattern of that game. And then he broke pattern. The swing back, uh, you know, opposite directions. Awesome. Yeah, it's swing pass, and that dude can run. Brock Wright can run. So I was shocked now, the way that when he, he started turning directions near the goal line. I'm like, <laughs> why did you stop running? Like, yeah. keep going. Yeah, see, so I think but that he's was, fast that's in a straight of, line. I think that's our last one here for the, the highlight that we had, which I think it's gone well. I think this might be a new thing that I'm going to do pretty much. It's going to be like half the podcast is just highlights. That's what people want. <laughs> so That's what I want. Again, we got the Dan Dickerson call. Or sorry, Dan uh, Dan yeah, Miller. He's, he's a classic too, though. Dan Miller call here, which is awesome. So here we go. Fourth and about a foot for the Lions, just shy of midfield. Goff up under center. Justin Jackson alone back. Goff's going to throw it. Back and looking. Throws wide open left side. Brock Wright with it. To the 30. Brock Wright 25. Brock Wright 20. Comes back at the 10. To the 5. Yes. To the end zone. <laughs> Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Oh, my. 51 yards. Goff to Brock Wright, and the Lions are yes, back in front. Yes, I foot. love it. The stat <laughs> guy. Oh, baby, how big is that? This guy's my favorite. The guy at the, the bottom. 
guy's not allowed to say a word. <laughs> just sits there in silence. Then he like says, "Look at the highlight here." He like points at it all the time. So I want to watch it again. Sorry, I'd be the I'd be the worst stat guy ever. I could not write that fast. First thing, Justin Jackson was the, was in the game. Didn't realize that. Brock Wright with it to the 30. Brock Wright 25. Brock Wright 20. Cuts back at the 10. To the 5. <laughs> to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. He was running. Oh my. 51 yards. <laughs> Goff to Brock Wright. And the Lions are back in front. Oh, A fist bump. Yeah. He read it. <laughs> so I was, I was out to like, eat. <laughs> I was out to eat with some friends, uh, Justin and Erica. And as this is going, I'm going to show you guys. You guys can explain it. But I'm like sitting watching the game. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, here we go. Oh, oh. Oh. And I'm just like, oh, this is awesome. Like, I just lost it in the middle of the restaurant. And Wait, you set up for a field goal? I, I literally kicked, like, I, luckily nobody was at the table when I was by us because I would have kicked them in the face probably. Luckily, I, my didn't, leg really I didn't high. pan that camera. I know, so. right? <laughs> I think it hurt my back, too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Were you the only one like, Bed that excited? I was the only one that excited, yeah, but you're not oh. surprised about that. But there was somebody behind me that was like clapping and they were like kind of cheering. I gave them a high five, which was fun. But what restaurant did you go to? Uh oh, we were at a uh, Hopcat. Oh, nice. On uh yeah, not not downtown one, the other one. Beltline. Oh, Beltline. Yeah, yeah, Naps Corner. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. That was my first time there. I've never it. been to that one. Yeah, it was nice. It was good, good, good stuff. So Brock Wright. Did you? Did anybody else feel like he was just gonna fall over backwards as he was running by the end there? Like, yeah, such a straight back, like curved. <laughs> even I thought he was going down. I thought he was just gonna like heel forward. Yeah, <laughs> it was so cool. The fact that he, he was that so wide open just shows that they baited him. They baited him with previous calls from probably week five. You know what I mean? Like that's when it all started. Was yeah. th- this play started at week five? And I feel like that's what they're doing. They just. That's one thing that I think Ben Johnson's doing a great job at is setting up different different scenarios. And the fact that Justin Jefferson or J- Justin Jackson is the running back in that scenario is is interesting. Not not that I'm questioning that call because I love what he's doing, but it's just like they're just throwing guys out and making everybody an option there. Yeah. Um something that you couldn't see in the video but in that play was I think it was DJ Chark. He was on the left side of the line and then they, he kind of like he pushed everybody upfield in kind of the opposite direction of it because he was a threat straight up the middle. Um, so it was just a really well-designed play and to make Brock Wright get that wide open. I don't even think he ended up having to pretend to block somebody. He was like nobody was even there for him. Just oh, kind of yeah. like, okay, <laughs> here I am. Yeah, I mean, he, he, slipped, he slipped it and yeah. then left, but nobody was around. Nobody yeah. followed him at all. He was and then to have that much space. Like it's not like you're getting crazy blocking downfield from wide receivers. That's just because everybody – was on the other side of the field. They thought Penny Sewell was getting the pass, I think. Something like that. They probably did. <laughs> Something crazy. Probably like reported. Um, but, look, it, this was the definition. This was the first game that I, I look back and I'm like, that was a Dan Campbell gritty win. They didn't have their A game. It, it, this, the situation that they, that they were in against a good def- defense with the Jets, outfield or outside, cold weather, windy, not their best football, but they still found a way to win. And I think that was really the first time that they've had to do that because during this win streak and, or whatever you want to call it, six or seven, they've kind of blown teams out. They beat teams. You've had a couple games with the, the Bears was close, Packers was close um, to an extent, but like this one they, they had to bite their way through it. They weren't necessarily the better team that day, but they still found a way to win. 
And it's, it's fun to see that. Um, you need those wins. Well, I think if you look at what they did to earn those wins, it, it goes back to what they preach about and what they've invested their money in, in high draft picks, and it's the defensive and offensive line. So we didn't – Jared Goff didn't get sacked all game. He it's did two straight games, I think. Yeah, he did yeah. have some pressures against him. We yep. saw that, especially later on in the first half. Yeah, uh, There were some pressures, but they didn't get there. And so the offensive line is still doing their job. They're winning that battle consistently, especially down the stretch of the game when it mattered most. Mm-hmm. The defensive line, I don't know how many sacks they had, but maybe four? I think it was four, yeah. I, I mean, sure. they won that battle too, right? They got there when it mattered most, and yeah, they're going up against a, a quarterback that is maybe yeah, shaky four. in his decision-making, but they're putting that pressure on. That's that's when you get those bad decisions when he you know chucks the ball up there and gets lucky and somebody catches it. Like those kind of moments, yeah. like he got away with that one. But those only happen when pressure's applied, and so they were consistently getting there. Uh, I thought I thought Aiden Hutchinson had another great game. I yeah. thought overall their their pressure with, with Romeo Aquara was great to see him out nice there producing. I mean, it was just yeah, yeah that, that whole line. Just seems to be getting more and more flexible and more working as a better unit as we go. Yeah, going back to Goff a little bit. So he was twenty-two or twenty-three of thirty-eight, two hundred fifty-two yards and a touchdown. Again, took care of the football. Um, there was a key moment where he he underthrew Jameson Williams just by a little bit, not a ton. He said he got it out a little too late. He didn't underthrow him. He just got it out later than he should have. So it ended up being an underthrow because of timing more more than arm strength, I guess. Um, is was. Yeah, Probably his defense. <laughs> um, but after that throw, I feel like he got very uncomfortable, very unsure of himself. That was the first time we've seen him look this uncomfortable in a long, long time, in my opinion. little concerning, but to get out of it with when your quarterback's not playing his A game, um, that's a great thing. Uh, but then uh, Swift, 8 of 52, led the way on the ground. Williams, 33 yards on 13 carries for a 2.3 average. Last week he only had a 2.5 average, and, and then this week we we had it. What was James Jamal Williams? Are you? Does it seem like he's starting to slow it down a little bit? Are you a little concerned about what's going on with this run game, or is it just kind of no the way that the offense is being played right now? Yeah, it just it reminds me of early on in the season. It reminds me when uh, Swift was healthy and. You know, we weren't planning on him getting any yards at all. He was more of a specialty type of back, and he's overachieved this year. He's picked up a lot of slack for other guys being hurt, and maybe he just needs a, a breather. You know, three three weeks where he's not the the guy that we rely on on a on a play in play out basis. But I mean, last last week against the Vikings, he had 16 carries. This week, 13. Yeah. So it's like he's still getting the, the bulk of the carries. Yeah, but you're not seeing him touches. on the field. But you're not seeing him on the field the whole time okay. either. So I mean. People look at touches so much, but but you know in those p- passing scenarios where you need your your running back to come up, I mean that dude lays some hits on people. Yeah, on linebackers when they're when they're blitzing, like he takes pass protection really seriously. So he is not. I've just noticed that you know Justin Jackson's seen more time. DeAndre Swift is healthy and he's getting back more of those reps too. Yeah, like the Which workload we is being shared. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It just means that later on you're gonna have more healthy and. and more guys available, you know, later on in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know where I was going to go here. Um, oh, but the the offense taking care of the football is is so big right now, and I I don't remember the last time we've turned the ball over, and I love that. Um, and and Goff's the first first one that you got to praise because it's not only is he not fumbling the football, not throwing interceptions, is 
every single time he throws the ball, nobody else has a chance to get their hands on it. It's like it's not like he's had missed throws that could be picked off and people are dropping. I don't even remember the last time that care of the football, even without the interceptions and stuff like that. It's very, very J.J. McCarthy. I think that's a good way to say it. Yeah, he's throwing it. Yeah, I think that's really good because I've, I brought that up with J.J. It's like he's throwing it. Yeah, he might be overthrowing this guy by a couple inches, but it's better than underthrowing. Better than underthrowing. Yeah, and it being a chance for someone else to get the hands on it. John, you were going to say something? I believe they didn't throw in Sauston once in that game. So that tells me that not only is he trying to limit – the opportunity for interceptions he's going away from it and adjusting and other mm-hmm. guys are stepping up when they're not covered by somebody's number one and maybe arguably the best cornerback does sauce gardner travel or is he just kind of one side of the field type player and kind of shutting it down that way do you know much about him yet i like believe he's he sits on one side of the field okay both yeah but they've kind of used him as a one side guy okay so far <clears throat> and that's they've they've used him as a number one guy too, so he'll line up against the no, the other, other guy's number one. But you know it makes sense. Like DJ Chark, you're going to take out the best cornerback with with maybe one of your average wide receivers. Shark for the entire game. I would accept that too because you're like, okay, yeah. I mean, you just eliminated one of their good options, especially down the field. Yeah, that's true. Except that we've our our wide receiver room is getting deep. It's mm-hmm. so, a he was wide open for that touchdown. Yeah, he was. And Goff did underthrow him, and, and yeah. maybe he had his reasons and everything. But I think you know once that connection gets a little bit more un- understood, and they and Goff can maybe have that feeling of, you know, all I have to do is overthrow this dude and he'll run underneath it. Yeah. Um, you know, watch out because then a guy like Sauce Gardner isn't going to have as much impact because you're going to have to pick your poison there. Yeah, eight different people had a catch. So, like, they're spreading the ball around and that's coming after a game that they had, I think, even nine. Three, four, five. To your point, yeah, though, nine. to your point, though, I mean, compare Jared Goff's game against Zach Wilson's game. And you know this is we're talking about a young gunslinger type of guy who have confidence right now and he's going through all kinds of stuff mentally benched coming back. How many of those plays over the middle did Zach Wilson kind of fire and and you you see the talent you see the the ball rotation you see the everything and then he's off by a little bit and the ball sails twenty more yards and everybody's looking behind like oh where'd that come from yeah it's like it's an impressive feat almost because. You see the the raw same time, like man, is there anything more da- dangerous than missing the guy over the middle and having the ball travel twenty more yards when any defensive guy could randomly yeah. be there? Yep, I you agree. don't see that out of golf right now. You just don't see it. Yeah, and I think that's a perfect reason why, if you're not in the keep golf camp yet, you should probably look at what some of these other young quarterbacks are doing because that's not. Always the answer. Yeah, even a guy like Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. It's like it's taken him some time to get used to it and understand. Now, would I take Trevor Lawrence over Goff right now? Yeah, probably. But you're going to go through those bumps and bruises that you're not really getting with Goff that much right now, at least. I mean, we'll we'll see. And Um, and we don't need to turn this into a Jared Goff conversation fully. Yeah. But I think the real argument 
for any reasonable person is not whether you keep Jared Goff. You keep him because of what he means to this team right now. Yeah. Uh, the the real question is, do you draft the next guy to learn from Jared Goff right now, and use, and use that asset? Yep. You know that that's the real question, I guess. Yeah. No, I agree. And we'll have plenty of time and, to talk about that. Yeah. Even though I want to right now, but we're not <laughs> going to say no, Sam. Too. All right. The defense really playing well. Uh, Deshaun Elliott had a good game, five tackles. Uh, you had the four sacks that we talked about. It was Kaminsky uh, got one, James Houston got another one, so he's got one and. At least one in his first four games, right? Man, that dude. Dude, he's got Does it. Does he have five on the year? I think so, yeah, which is amazing. And, and he's then, not a full-time guy. No, he's he's coming in special times. Um, and then uh, Julian Aquara, right? Julian? Or Romeo? Romeo Aquara. Romeo had two. ...that said there's three players in the NFL to get three sacks in their first three games as rookies. Yeah. Aiden Hutchinson, Miles Garrett, and James Houston. Isn't that incredible? What? Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> it's so funny. Whoa. Like, what James Houston's doing is extremely impressive. Oh, it's yeah. A fla- it, it might end up being a flash in a pan. I get that. And it might just, but just ride it while you can. And this is. Oh, I'm glad it's in our pan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? That's not true. against us. Because we needed it, too. Keep on frying. Yep. Um, but I think, mo- like, just the way the defense is playing, they, they're very physical. Um they're, they're physical corners. They get away with a lot of contact. I kind of t- I texted you early in the game. I was like, man, that first drive or first co- second drive, I yeah. guess. I was like, all right, they're gonna get some penalties because they're playing extremely physical. And then sure enough, it was like two straight uh, defensive penalties uh, in the which, secondary. Which I don't even agree with. Some I of didn't. Those. I didn't agree with the second one. The first one I thought was was legit. But, yeah. yeah. Um, Jerry Jacobs is is handsy, isn't he? He's good. He's though. he's grabby. Like, he is. He's almost a, yeah. like the savvy vet, even though he's a second year guy <laughs> second undrafted. Year. Yeah. But he seems like a savvy vet that just knows how to get away with yeah. all that stuff. They they make they make the other team earn bugs. McNeil, they're doing a great job, and the linebackers are playing really lights out. Are they the studs that are that everybody's going to talk about in this? Biggest difference from what we saw from let's let's focus on Anzalone early on this year. All of last year, it seemed like he was just missing guys. He was he was the one trying to reach for a guy towards the end. He's right there making these tackles. He is. I really like what he's, he's playing doing. like a stud. He's playing really really good. Um, Linebackers look better. You know what I mean? I think what they're doing is is impressive. They're taking away lanes. They're allowing the linebackers to not necessarily worry about the middle. And they're allowed to hit the holes. You see Deshaun Elliott backfield on these runs because that like you're seeing a cooter, you're seeing Jacob. You see, uh, plays in the backfield because they're not running up the middle against us. Teams are not running up the middle. So I I, I did pull up some stats here. Jets, their leading rusher was Knight. He had 23 yards on 13 carries. 13 carries. ETN, 54 yards on 13 carries against the Jags. The Bills, 72 yards on 14 carries. That's, that's solid. But then you go back to the Giants game. Barkley, 22 yards. They had more carries. Um, but Herbert had more yards. So that's why I put him. Uh, going back to the Packers game, he had A.J. Dillon. He led the team in rushing with 34 yards on 11 carries. And then going uh, all the way back to 
uh, what game is Dolphins. that? Dolphins. Dolphins, 64 yards on 14 carries. Like, this is a, a, that's a very big sample size. That's eight games right there. And nobody's hitting 100 yards. That's first and foremost. That's awesome to have. But not only that is they're lower than they're 50 yards, 25 yards. Yeah. Consistently. Shutting them down. They are. Are they throwing the ball against us? Yeah, some teams are. Um, but when you're shutting down the run, that's when like, you want teams to kind of throw the ball. You want that to be what they, the only thing they can do. This run defense, I think, is the reason for this massive change in why we and six to seven and seven. Because I think that has a lot to do with that. Plays a huge part. Seven. Plays a huge part, and it allows other people to be aggressive and to maybe read read some things going on. Yep. And we've seen turnovers. We've seen the the battle of turnovers has completely shifted in our favor here. And we have the longest active streak in the NFL. With we being turnover. the Lions, Lions with a turnover. And so we're generating those turnovers because, and, and some of that is because. Other teams are predictable, right? We, we can kind of settle in on what we know they're going to do, start reading things, and set them up on, from a defensive perspective, and it's, it's fun. Yeah, in the 1-6 and six start, the Lions had a negative 9 turnover margin. Now, in the 6-1 and one games in the last 7, plus 9. So that's such a big difference in, in this game. Um, they're taking the ball away. They're taking care of the football. Uh, you know, I don't think – Turnovers are a way to, like, I don't want to, I don't want to live and die by turnovers because I think even the best teams will will eventually have those that hurt them. You know what I mean? Like, have a bad turnover game, and you need to be able to to win when you are giving up those those turnovers and not getting them. Um, but I'll take it. And where we need them right now, and and that's what they're getting. They're getting the turnovers. They're taking care of the football. Um, they're just really fun. They're a really fun team. Um, and I, I, I just think we need to continue to enjoy it. I, I haven't sat back and watched these games and been like terrified, scared that we're going to lose. Like, and that's rare. And I'm not going to let it like bother me if, if they start losing like this right here, that what they've done already is enough for me to be like, I'm bought in to Dan Campbell. I'm bought in to Brad Holmes in their vision and you go back to when this team was one and six and the owner came out and was like, hey, we got their backs. It might not be popular right now. You had people pissed about that. You had callers in the 97 on the ticket. You had the hosts on 97 on the ticket like, oh, here we go. Of course, the Lions not really reading the room and buying into something that they probably shouldn't. They were right. Sheila, Sheila Fort Hamp or whatever they call her now, I don't even know. She came out backed them up, and now look at how smart they look right now. They haven't won crap yet. They haven't done anything to get us that excited. But when you go six out of seven, like that's something that you can – it's tangible now. And you see the vision. You see what they're building. You know you have the assets still coming. You have a ton of cap space. It was a step in the right direction. And going back to the golf thing, it's – you don't have to use a pick on golf now. Or for a quarterback, where early on in this year we were like, all right, sign me up. Where, where, who are we going to get? Because we're going to have two top five picks. And now here we are. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just I'm, I'm giddy about it. I am. Yeah, it's fun. There's a lot to be excited about. Um, I, you know, you got to keep it going. But what were you going to say? Well, I, I kind of wanted Micah's perspective on this from you know being a Packers fan. And, and right now you're, in the, you're chasing, right? You're one game behind the Lions. Yep. We have that week eight 
18 yeah, week matchup. 18, yeah. yeah. Right. On the horizon. Um, you know, like what, what's your perspective with how this Lions team, how, 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 cause the perception that I'm seeing NFL wide is people are excited about the Lions. They're, they're considering them legit. Like they're not pretenders anymore. They're, they actually are the team you don't want to face in the playoffs. So what, what's your like outside perspective of this team? And I don't know what's been the, what's been the change. <laughs> what's been the change? I, I have no idea. I haven't been watching a lot of Lions football, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think that the Lions, however, are playing good football at the right time, and that's always been the key, right? You, like everyone gets excited when your, your team starts off hot. It could be, could be baseball, it could be hockey, it could be football, but it matters – how you get hot when you get hot, right? Like, if you get healthy like you guys are doing and you're playing good football towards this part of the season, it's a big deal. It really is. I mean, um, I mean, who's a good example right now in the NFL who started off hot? They're Giants. Kind of tailing off. Giants. Giants. Yeah. Dolphins. Yeah. Jets. The Jets. The Jags. I mean, those teams started off hotter they can be, and they're kind of like dozing off right now, not sure what's going to happen you know, in the next three weeks. But, yeah, I, the Lions right now are playing really good football. Of course they are. Well, and, and I don't know uh, – you, you can't fake this kind of confidence either at this point. The locker room's bought in. Yep. Every, everybody right. is together. You are not you don't have the stragglers who are saying they don't believe and, yeah, yeah, well, we'll see when the results come. Like, they have the confidence right now together, and you see it in their post – game locker room celebrations you hear it when you know Khalif Raymond sits up there and says it's us I didn't do this I didn't do anything it's us it's yeah. us together and then he says family on three one two three family like that kind of stuff means that it means something to them like they are a bonded unit at this point um and so we can look to the future all we want but but what we know now is that Dan Campbell has the ability to bring people together and when we have talked about him being a leader of men and he's proven that this year we're seeing the evidence of it so we can also move past all those other conversations that were just background noise for so long about whether Holmes was doing his job or whether yeah. Campbell was the right pick because the last time we were all here in this in in hops I remember having that conversation whether Dan Campbell should be fired or not yeah it, it was being talked about yeah it wasn't that long ago yeah so I mean they have confidence. You, you can't fake it. Like, they do believe 100% they can play against any team. I think what we're seeing is, yeah, he's a great leader of men, but there's also a method to his madness. There's, it, he's, not a dumb, he's not a dummy. He's not as dumb as he pretends to be. Um, that was one thing that kind of went viral after the, uh, the Vikings game was, so he went on the Pat McAfee show, and he was like, you know, I was just kind of looking up at the fans and – watching the wave, and all of a sudden I heard, I'm like, wait, we're throwing a penne sul? I was just looking, like, pretending like he didn't know what was going on. And then he was like, he also made the comment, like, yeah, you know, that, that fake punt, it was like, I was going to tell him to, to, to not run it, but I forgot to click my button to turn my mic on to tell him not to, and then he, he ends up doing it, and it works. So he's just like, he's just being like a little goof, kind of a caricature of himself, but, like, I think there's, there's a reason why he's doing it. He's okay with people thinking that as long as he has the locker room completely bought in and they are 100% bought in, like you were saying, Ryan. It's, that's the biggest difference is this team truly believes that they're, they're showing up with a chance to win, not, oh, we're going to show up and hope to not lose by a lot. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. He's the Jim Harbaugh of the NFL right now. I would say he is. Prove me wrong. Who's I, who's as weird and whacked out right now? I was going to say Oklahoma State's coach is pretty weird. I would say he's more like Gundy. Yeah, like more Gundy? like Gundy. No, we're talking about NFL coaches. You just yeah, I'm, s- I'm saying Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I'm, no, I'm saying he's more like like a Gundy type thing. Yeah. Than than a Harbaugh, I guess. <clears throat> I just I get what you're saying. I just he's I'm gonna weird. go okay. I'm gonna go back to what I know. Baseball. If you when you're hitting you the last thing you want to have is the perspective of this pitcher is hard to hit. You have to approach everything as in. I'm a I'm a great hitter. This pitcher has to has to deal with me at this point, and that's that's the perspective the Lions are coming with. You know, we're not scared. We're gonna go put it to you. Mm-hmm. John, can you jump? Can you click that a second? Let's see if we're still recording. If we're not recording, I'm done. I'm quitting. All right, we are recording. Okay, whew. <laughs> that was close. I was gonna say we can restart if you want. <laughs> let's move on to. I some, can't recreate this. Let's move on. Can't fake this kind of confidence. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. I guess I just don't understand why the computer is moving so slow. That's what I don't understand. Like cause the computer is not. Whatever. This is a website, right? Right here? Dude, you're this getting This isn't. It's just slow. We're just going to talk some NFL now. I don't know how we're going to do this. What have we been talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> we're going to talk about <laughs> NFL as a whole now. E- either the a- NFC or AFC North. <laughs> so I want to start with the <laughs> NF. One of those two. <laughs> NFC? NFL. <laughs> We're going to start with the AFC. Sorry. Um, so I got the standings here for you guys, but I didn't want to talk about the AFC and throw out some questions for you guys, and then we'll, we'll end with the, the NFC here. But you got the Bills at 11-3 and three with the Chiefs 11-3 and three, and the Bengals right on their heels at 10-4. and four. Which one of those teams is the best in the AFC to you guys right now? I mean, I think, I think for me it's the Bills. I think uh, Chiefs have been a little bit more up and down lately with their defense. Um, their offense is great, but I don't know if they have the po- the firepower that the Bills have. And I think you know Stephon Diggs and their offense, they're hitting their stride. I think their defense can kill them alive at any point. I think they end up with the number one seed. Yeah. Why you, John? you agree with that? I think the best team out of those three collectively when healthy is the Cincinnati Bengals. Really? Yeah. I feel like they've shown too many warts personally. But, I, I, I mean, it's hard to argue with a team that was just there, you know. And they, they surprised a lot of people last year. I mean, when, when things are clicking on all cylinders, Joe Mixon is a bona fide NFL a running point. back. Yeah, and that's like one him. that's one thing that the Chiefs and the Bills are kind of missing is a, a go-to running back that can control the clock in the game. That's actually a really good point. Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow. He's going to make big plays, and as long as he's got his wide receiving core, I think they're just as dangerous as the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, Michael, what about you? Do you I'm agree gonna with Ryan with both Bills? I'm, I'm going to go Bills one, uh, Bengals uh, close second, and Chiefs third. Interesting. Yep. I, I would agree that it's the Bills. I think ever since they lost Von Miller, you, you're missing a little bit on defense there. Um, we'll see if he gets healthy. I don't. Have they ruled him out for the year? Oh, yeah. They have? Okay. ACL tear. Oh, uh, yeah, obviously he's done then. Um, they're the one that's – it's – I feel like it's just more or less like 
they have to be right like you just there's so much there and then you wonder why it it's not so obvious i guess right they're the ones that should be um but i'm not sure it's fair that we just automatically put them number one outside of just they're supposed to be you know what i mean well they beat the lions and that's a hard thing to do these days that's so a good point that's a good point <laughs> only wants to do it in the last seven games all right so you got the bills bears Bengals. all right sorry <laughs> the bills play the bears Bengals, and patriots you got the chiefs play the seahawks broncos raiders Bengals play the patriots bills ravens do you guys think that ryan you already said that the bills will get the number one seed do you guys agree with that? I think the Chiefs will if you look at strength of schedule. Yeah. I think yeah, if they come down to have the same record, who owns the tiebreaker there? So the, the, the Bill, right. Bills have it because okay. of head-to-head. Yeah. So, so that's the only thing there. That Bengals game is a big matchup, though. That'll be a fun game to watch. That will be fun. And that's – which one is that? The Bills-Bengals? Bills-Bengals. Not this week, but next. Mm-hmm. Um, then jump to the AFC wild card. You got the Ravens at 9-5. and five. Chargers eight and six, Dolphins eight and six, and the Patriots and the Jets behind them both sitting at seven and seven. Do you think the wild card teams are set, or will one of the other teams slip in, and who will will fall out? I was distracted by my. I was. It's on the sheet. The, I was looking at the Pistons. <laughs> Do they win? It's kind of interesting. No, they lost. It's kind of interesting though, right? <laughs> Lamar Jackson's banged up for the or the Ravens. Yep. Um, I still think the. L.A. Chargers are a very, very strong team. Mm. Again, they're kind of getting healthy too. Uh, Finally, right? The so wide receivers. I think, it, yeah, I think it's going to come down to like uh, the Dolphins and the Patriots probably have to play still, right? The division foes. Yeah, I, the, I believe they. Yeah, they do, do they have one more game? So maybe if the Patriots can pull out a win, maybe that could change things up there for that last wild card. But yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't want to play the Chargers if I'm yeah. any of the AFC teams right now. I think the Dolphins are the one that could fall off completely, but then they could go out and beat the Packers on Christmas Day and then be like, oh, well, they're at nine, and then it feels like they just sealed their, their fate at the wild card. But it's also like one more game, one more loss, and they, their wheels could just fall off. You know what I mean? That's going to be a really crucial game for them uh, coming up this week. AFC South, you got the Titans leading at 7-7 seven and seven, with the Jags sitting at 6-8, and eight, obviously coming on hot right now. Uh, Titans have the Texas or Texans. Cowboys and Jags, and then the Jags have the Jets, Texans, and Titans. Who ends up winning this division, and will it come down to that final week? I think, yes, it comes down to that final week, and I'm pulling for the Jags, Trevor yeah. Lawrence. I'm, yeah, I I'd think rather, so, too. I'd rather see them in the playoffs or, or, like, fight for a wild card. Well, I guess in the playoffs if you win your division, right? Mm-hmm. You get yeah, to the wild yeah. card round, um, probably being the lowest-seeded division winner yep um but it would be i think it'd be good for the nfl to get trevor lawrence in there get him a playoff appearance mike what about you what do you think about that, that yeah i'm gonna go with jags division? too um t- titans kind of wishy-washy um coaching is kind of questionable to me texans obviously no um yeah jet, jets are interesting though i, I don't know I, but I, I think i'm gonna go with trevor lawrence too um he's like like the lions he's playing good football Jags are playing good football. They're a well-coached team. Um, I think they have a bright future ahead of them. All right, moving to the NFC. Uh, The big news was Jalen Hurts. Uh, He has a sprained shoulder. and will probably miss the next two games is what they're saying. With the banged-up Hurts, are the Eagles still the team to beat, or does someone in the NFC pass them? 
Gardner Minshew, right? Backup? Yeah, he's the backup. I still think they're the team to beat. Yeah, yeah same. I think he's a really good backup quarterback. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they miss a beat. And they're a g- really good team. Yeah, that team they're is built so that team well. is set. Yeah. I mean, who was the Cowboys backup that got some wins there? I think Gardner's Cooper better Rush. than Cooper Rush. Yeah, for he's sure. He's pretty good. And Cooper I, Rush. I mean, he's still going to have those weapons at wide receiver and a heck of a run game to lean on. So, yeah, I still think Philadelphia is in a different category. The NFC South is a mess. You have the Bucks leading the division at 6-8 and eight, with everyone else at 5-6. and six. The Bucks have the Cardinals, Panthers, and Falcons. Will the Bucks win this division? 5-8, and eight, you mean? What did I say? Sorry. 6-8. and eight. Is it 5-9? and nine? Is it five and nine? Uh, it's got to be five and nine. I don't think all other teams are five and play nine. Yeah, games. Bucks six and eight, Panthers, Saints, and Falcons are five oh, and nine. Oh, sorry. I, yep. Yeah. Okay. That's crazy. I never would have thought that there would be a thir- a three way tie in that division for yeah, last nuts. place. Um, I didn't think the Saints were going to be that good. I didn't think the Falcons were going to be that good. But it just goes. Well, they're to show, not. Yeah, that division. <laughs> that division is pretty bad. Yeah, it's crazy how bad it I is. I don't. I don't see how the Buccaneers lose that division i i know that they just keep losing their games it's but, so weird but i i mean i don't believe in the falcons i don't believe in the saints and i don't believe in the panthers so what i mean something's got to break at some point right it's just funny just that you had lose out you had the cardinals they moved on from their quarterbacks they traded christian mccaffrey they're right there you had the or sorry the, the panthers, panthers yeah um and then you have uh who, who else is it? saints who have been going through that quarterback issue like I think Andy Dalton is still their quarterback right now. Yeah, Jameis is out. Yeah. Yeah. The Falcons. And then the Falcons moved on to to Ritter. Yeah, they shut down Mariota for the rest of the year. He's on IR. Yeah. It's just like it's insane that this is even a question. I don't understand how the Bucs don't win this division. I guess if any team's going to compete, it's probably Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I I would agree. They got the best chance to maybe knock the Bucs out of that But not if the Lions beat them. Exactly. The Lions are going to win this weekend, so that you know lowers their odds. But as long as Tampa Bay keeps losing, I mean, all those teams are still in it for a playoff spot. Yeah, so then we're, <laughs> we're going to look at the, the wild card now. you got the Cowboys basically locked up uh, a spot here. I think they actually have locked up a, a, a wild card. They're sitting at 10-4, and four, um, but still could kind of take over, over the division if the Eagles don't perform without Hurts. Uh, next, you got the Giants. They're 8-5-1. and one. They have the Vikings, Colts, and Eagles. Three they have losses. The Commanders, seven, six, and one, with the 49ers, Browns, and Cowboys. Three losses. You have the Seahawks, seven and seven, Chiefs, Jets, and Rams. One win. <laughs> and then you got the Lions <laughs> with the Panthers, Bears, and Packers. Uh, and then the Packers at six and eight with the Dolphins, Vikings, and Lions. Three losses. So, who are your two wild card teams outside of the Cowboys that make this this uh, NFC wild card? Seahawks and Lions. Seahawks and Lions. And that's if uh, you know the Rams are trash and maybe they don't play Baker Mayfield that last week, and maybe the Jets are out of it the second to last week statistically, maybe. Maybe. So they got a chance. I don't know if those games are at home or on the road, but I'm going to yeah. go. Yeah, Lions, Seahawks. I, I think. Everybody else in that list is. I think. I think who has the best chance of getting to nine wins? Uh, for me, Giants. All they have to do yep. is beat the Colts right there, and they've got the the tie going in their favor mm-hmm. as well for that tiebreaker. Um, Lions with two two out of three of those games, they can win all three of them, but they just need two uh, to get that to that nine, and then 
So I think those are the two teams. The Commanders, that'll be tough for them because the 49ers, Browns, and Cowboys, that's a tough schedule to end their year. It is, yeah. Seahawks, I don't believe they are going to win two out of those three with the Chiefs, Jets, and Rams. I, feel like I don't feel like they match up well against the Jets. I don't think they match up well against the Jets or the Rams. They're they're on a slide right now. They're, they're look, done. Yeah, they do. So I just don't believe in, in the Seahawks to even win one of those, but much less two. Um, I and Packers to win out. That means you have to beat the Lions, and that's impossible at the moment. So, Lions, Giants, th- those are those are the two playoff. That's kind of where I'm leaning to. Micah, who do you who do you think? Uh, definitely Giants. Giants is going to take one of those spots. Thought he was going to say definitely Packers. I thought he was too. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, come on, man, give me some credit here. We're waiting. But leapfrogging them, <laughs> the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Commanders ain't happening. I. I still think – I actually disagree with you. I think the Seahawks actually – I think they're going to toast the Rams. You kidding me? I think they'll toast the Rams, but I'm not sure they win another game outside of that. Yeah, I mean, Jets I Jets is a that. tough game. It is. And yeah, I, I yeah. I should have put I should have put down which where, where that one was at because that could play a role too, obviously. What about the Packers, though? I mean, Dolphins, Vikings, Lions, that's a tough end of, end it of the It is a really schedule. tough. Oh, it it is. Is. Yeah, yeah, that's brutal. And they're basically sure. a loss away. If they lose to the Dolphins, they're done, right? And then you wonder. I don't know. Well, I mean, they're. Well, I mean, I, if they lose, they can only get to eight wins. They they're not going to get in the playoffs. They for need eight a lot. Wins. Yeah, they need everything to go right with eight wins. They really do need to win out. Yeah. To secure, I think nine wins gets you to the playoffs in this group. I. F- yes, I believe that too. That's kind of where I'm sitting, but. Okay, I see if, what you're saying. If the Packers get to nine wins and the Lions get to nine wins, I think the Lions have head-to-head because, because they also have the SOV, which is strength of victories, but look over, at, the, Vikings, but look, look over the, the Packers. Look at the Packers. I mean, if you if they get to eight wins, they are already behind the Giants because Giants could lose out and they still are going to have the, the advantage over the, them. So that, means, that yeah. means the Commanders, Seahawks, and Lions all have to have those games go against them for the Packers to make it. It's just asking a lot, you know? Yeah, yeah. Was anybody else rooting for a second tie this past weekend between the Giants and the Commanders? Like no, it kind of was. Yeah. yeah, I thought it would have been nice. It, it would have been a nice wash. Because then it would have been like they both lost a game. And they both lost to Detroit? Yeah, because we would have head-to-head been against both of them. And then that those two ties would be like uh, basically just like a loss a half, at that point. Yeah, half percentage, one point. Yeah. It actually, I actually thought about that. Percentage-wise, does it, does it come out in our favor? Yeah, it does. Who were you two rooting for yesterday? For which game? Because it brings Rams it closer Packers. to 500. Oh, I was rooting yeah. for the Packers. Well, they both would have been 7-5-2. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm more focused on – like, I'm, I'm not worried about the Packers. And I know I'm probably going to eat those words in a couple weeks. <laughs> like, that's going to make me look like an idiot. Again, we need to get to nine oh. wins. But Think like, about it that way. last night, I was 100% go Pack. Go. I, I was, like, I wanted the – I was wondering. I'm, like, sitting there in my basement. I'm like, what is Sam thinking I right want now? the Rams to lose every game. I was furious when they came back and won that game. I know. With Baker Mayfield. I yeah. was livid. Like, I'm I'm focused on them right now. And that actually is a good transition to our, our Detroit Lions rooting guard – or rooting rooting guide. Guard. Here. Rooting guard. <laughs> <laughs> rooting guide for, guard, eh? for week – whatever week it is. I think it's 15. <clears throat> Yeah, it's, it's, it's fifteen, joke. week fifteen. Um, I think obviously the the big one is is they got to keep winning. They got to beat the Panthers. Um, that's the most important thing. Uh, they're sitting at a three point favorite at, on the road, which is awesome. Uh, it feels very winnable, and and I the way that the Lions are playing, you, you should go out and win it. Number two, you got to hope that the Seahawks lose to the Chiefs. Seahawks are a tie 
are a tiebreaker ahead of the Lions, but if they lose to the Chiefs as a nine and a half point underdog, and the Lions win, they move ahead of Seattle, and that's that's huge to do that with with two weeks left. Uh, rooting guide number three: You want the Commanders to lose to the 49ers. Uh, the tie a few weeks ago uh, between the Giants and Commanders really just kind of hurt the Lions more than anything. Yeah, big um, time. But it kept both of them ahead of the Lions in the in the moment. But if the Lions can, it basically washed away their 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 head to head that the Lions had over them. Um, but if Commanders lose, Lions win. Lions will jump ahead of them. That's that's absolutely huge. If those three things happen, we wake up on Christmas morning with the Lions in the playoffs, which is awesome. You got to hope that. Uh, icing on the cake for number four would be if the Giants lose um, on Saturday to the Vikings. This would allow the Lions to have a chance to jump the Giants eventually with a second loss down the stretch. The Giants are currently a three-and-a-half-point underdog at the Vikings uh, who locked up the division last week. So it might be uh, a pretty good game, actually. Keep an eye on that one. Number five, Packers lose to the Dolphins. Sitting at six and eight, uh, they have little less hope than the Lions, but a Roger-led team still makes me nervous. Um, and just I just want them to be done. That's that's the biggest thing. Add And if they add the loss of the Dolphins there, it would basically eliminate the Packers. Um, and then you wonder if Rodgers will be shut down. He's kind of already mentioned it before they went on these two, this two-game winning streak that he wouldn't be against getting shut down for the year. So uh, keep an eye on that. Um, the sooner they eliminated, the better. They are a five-and-a-half-point underdog against or heading into Miami. You got the and then number six would be the Rams lose to the Broncos. Both are sitting at four and ten. If the Rams lose, the Lions could get the third overall pick. So you just gotta hope that they continue to lose and hope that it doesn't come down to who, who do they play at the very end? They play the Seahawks. So hopefully Yeah. You we just want Baker to be Baker. Yeah. Basically. So um that's basically where we're at, right? Yeah, did, I like I, did I lay that out pretty good? I like it, yeah. Yeah. It's a rooting uh, guide. Look, Ro- if, if, rooting guide. It's a tough word. Don't guide. forget to root for the Lions to win. That's though. that's most important. <laughs> can't root I did for say all it's number one. Loss. That was my number one. I almost didn't put it on there. I actually am glad I have this guide so I know that I want know them to, to win do. now. Yeah. yeah, now you know, right? Now I know on Sunday, look, Saturday. This Saturday. is basically how it l- lays out. If the Playoffs. Lions win out, they need one <laughs> loss for the Seahawks and a loss for the Commanders or two losses from the Giants. If in if and when the Lions lose a game, then you need a second loss for the Seahawks and Commanders or the Giants to, to lose out. So Yeah, I think um, the easiest way to understand all this is to listen to people talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> this there's so much going on. It's complicated. There's it's a lot to It is. It's a lot to work through. Yeah, should I post it? Rooting guide? Yeah, so we can read it. Perfect. Rooting guide. Number six. Michigan State. We're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. We are going to put a bow on the Michigan State football season. 
Does, so. does the sticky tape on the bottom of the bow still work? It's been a while since <laughs> right? we've had to put that <laughs> bow on there. Are we this really doing definitely this? definitely recycled bow. Are we doing this? Yeah, I'm, we are. Is, are they worth talking about? Yeah, I'm surprised you used two pieces of paper <laughs> for this <laughs> season recap. No, I appreciate all the work you put into this, but was it worth it? Oh, that's, what, <laughs> that's what Peyton Thorne looks like. <laughs> I've only seen him when, when he's on the ground against Michigan. You, you have brought your team to a high right now with the Lions talk, and now you're about to crash and yeah, I thought we were going to talk about Michigan TCU or something well, that's fun. That's next week. That's next week. <laughs> holidays? In between the uh, holidays? Yeah, man. All oh, right. A lot hey, of if you're going to force us to. signing off right now. <clears throat> right. Look, I, I'll be honest. I listened, or I watched actually, and, and listened to the uh, season preview for State, and I, I'm, I don't even remember all the names that we were bringing up. I'm like, I was so. <clears throat> I had no interest in this team at all. I did not follow the team. I didn't care about the team. They let us know very early on that they were they were not a legitimate contender in the Big Ten, and I checked out from them really early on. I don't know anything about this team. They were definitely not the team, the team, the team. Not the team. All right. After a very nice 11-2 and two Peach Bowl winning season for the, Michi- for the Spartans, Mel Tucker received a 10-year, $95 million contract extension, beating two of their three biggest rivals, Michigan and Penn State, winning a New Year's Six Bowl, going unranked to finishing ninth in the AP poll, and the fear of leaving for a better program. Uh, MSU s- boosters stepped up and gave him uh, what he needed to not only stay, but to keep building off the season. Uh, with an assistant coaching pool of $7.5 million. Uh, MSU entered the 2022 season, ranked 15th in the AP poll week one, and jumped up to 11 before their week three loss to Washington, losing five out of the next six games of the season and eventually ending their season not bowl eligible with a 5-7 and seven overall record uh, and 3-6 and six inside the Big Ten, losing all three of their biggest rivals, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, by a combined 113-43. to They did, however, beat Wisconsin at home in a very good Illinois team on the road to give them a chance at a bowl game, only to lose to a four-win Indiana to kill all of those hopes. Uh, it was all in all a pretty up-and-down season with the downs very down and the ups really not very up. Is kind of the way I, I wanted to describe it. Um, during our season preview, we, we set MSU's ceiling at 10-2 and two and a floor at 6-6, six and six, and we got a lot of heat for that. Like There was a lot of comments about it um, that they were not happy that we put their floor, which I don't think they understand what the definition of a floor is, um, <laughs> was at 6-6, six and six, and here we are. We were a little too high yet. Yeah, so usually the floor is underneath I actually feet. made a comment during it. I was like, look, if I'm wrong, I'll be the first to admit it, but if you're wrong – you better be right there to apologize. I mean, we didn't get any of those apology comments after the fact. So I don't That's know. so weird. I know, right? Um, like, be a man. Cowards. Yeah. Heading into the season, the biggest question was how much did Kenneth Walker cover up uh, this untalented team? Uh, there were hopes that Broussard and Berger, uh, Berger would, would pair well to replace the pr- productivity, uh, but it did not go well. So uh, Kenneth Walker, the year prior, he had s- over 1,600 yards. He had... 19 total touchdowns, uh, and then you you had the, the two combined for uh, 981 yards and only nine touchdowns. So it didn't go well. The offensive line, I think, had a big part of that. It was they didn't do very well. We, and we brought that up heading in, the, in into the season preview was 
this team will go as far as their offensive line will take them. You have a talented quarterback. You have talented wide receivers. You have guys that can run the football. But the offensive line was I, – I think that's the biggest thing that Kenneth Walker did was he made this offensive line that was bad last year, bad again this year, look so much better because of how talented he is. And we're seeing it now. He's one of the best running backs in the, in the NFL. I'm, I'm not afraid to say that. He's incredible. And I think that was just a big piece missed. But college football, don't, they don't build programs off of one player. You never see it. It doesn't happen. Well, then You don't that, build programs. You can have a really good team, yeah. but you don't build a program officially. And that's what Michigan State's trying to do is build a program back up because what D'Antonio left was nothing. He left them less than scraps. Scraps. Less than that, probably. Honestly, it was yeah. absolutely dis- disgusting what he did to them. Um, and I think Kenneth Walker <laughs> did, well, he did made, some incredible things. He made everybody around him better. He made the offensive line better mm-hmm. by making the first two guys miss every single time. Yeah. He made Peyton Thorne better by allowing Thorne all better. those wide receivers around him open, get get open because yeah. of the attention that, that he took. So. I mean, we saw it against Michigan last year when they they spanked us on, on his what five touchdowns that he five, had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, without him, they there wasn't a game there, right? So that's that's where their success came from. Relied on it a little too heavily, and and really, they didn't have that same uh, creativity of the offense because they didn't have one one thing to scare a defense. A defense could do whatever they wanted. They could they could sit back and beat you by stopping your passing game or your run game because the other side wasn't going to take over. Yeah, and, and Thorne was just a really disappointing season for for Thorne. Um he looked very uncomfortable and there was he had happy feet. He had like just it was ugly. It really was. Uh he didn't take control of games in the crucial moments. Instead, he kind of gave them away in those crucial moments. He had some of the worst interceptions at the worst time. He had fumbles, and it was it was the exact opposite of what we thought. We went into this being like, he might be the second-best quarterback in the Big Ten. That was being talked about, and it was the exact opposite. He had a terrible year, um, and he does deserve the blame. I think the offensive line plays a big part of it, um, but he needs to be better. He So last year, he had uh, – sorry – over 3,000 yards, 3,232 yards passing. This year, 2,679. Uh, he went from 8.3 yards per attempt to 6.9. That's a pretty big drop-off there. Uh, touchdowns. He had 27 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. This year, 19 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. Just a really bad year um, in general. And one, one you want to forget. And then Jaden Reed, who was obviously his number one target, uh, he had pretty good numbers last. I mean, he had good numbers last year with over a thousand yards. Only six thirty-six this year. That's not good. Uh, went from eleven touchdowns to five touchdowns, and it's just when you're not going to be a winning team, that's obviously going to happen. But it shouldn't fall off the way that it did, especially with those players that were supposed to be the the reason why you were a quote unquote contender heading into the year. Well, That's think, why you were ranked 15. You would think that you would think that their offensive coordinator would be able to dial up something that would be consistent, some sort of you know you have that many weapons and I and they are real weapons on that offense. So how how do you not allow Peyton Thorne to get in the groove and hit some easy throws down the field and and do what really what we're seeing out of the lines right now with 
how easy and simple that offense moves just by misdirection and like early, you know, confusion uh, that you're causing on the defensive side. It was like the most predictable game play calling that you could you could imagine this year for Michigan State. Yeah, and I think you made you said it perfectly by saying easy, easy throws. They didn't set him up for it. it. Even when it was going well in those few games that it did, it still looked very, very difficult for them. And that was the exact opposite of what it was the year before. And look, there was a lot of 50-50 balls last year that one-on-ones. You're throwing one-on-ones constantly. Well, you didn't have to do that this year because you're not worried about the running game. So it just made it harder for everybody. And that's why he's throwing those interceptions because he's throwing into double coverage and trying to make things happen because it's desperate to do it. But it wasn't easy. And I think that's a good point with, with the offensive coordinator, uh, Jay Johnson. It was a disappointing year for them. Do you think it's a time to move on from him? Or is that kind of an overreaction? Because like, I've heard Spartan fans talk about you got to move on from the, the both coordinators. Uh, this is where I wanted to go with this conversation. Let's do it. Uh, are, are you not just in, in like panic mode or – alarmed at all that there are no movements happening right now i i don't expect a hire to be made right now but i expect i expect scotty hazelton to be gone now your your I season should be already gone your season is done there, there is there is absolutely no reason to not make a move or make an announcement right now like are you honestly going to stick with scotty hazelton who is a joke look at I could go either way, honestly. Sorry, I, like, I, I didn't mean to go away from. No, the this is exactly side. this is where I wanted to go to. Honestly, in the in the, in the end here, was the the coordinators and seven point five million dollar pool for your assistant coaches is a lot. You should be expected to pay for for good coordinators and and get good performance out of your coordinators. Now, this team is very very. They're hurting for talent. They don't have any talent. So I don't want to, like, pin it on the coordinator necessarily. But I, the offense should have been better. But also the offense had a very, very bad offensive line. And you look at what Michigan does. They win in the trenches, and then everything else kind of takes care of itself. When you don't have the trenches like Michigan State obviously doesn't have, nothing can take care of itself. You know what I mean? So – I look at that as maybe the their opportunity is like if you can fix the offensive line, what can be fixed outside of that? Yeah. But I also, if I was a Spartan fan, I'd be very disappointed in the creativity. I'd be very disappointed in the production, and just using a guy that that has experience and has proven to be there, been there, done that in the Big Ten, and have that type of performance, I would be okay with moving on as well. So I'm kind of like on the fence. But I don't know. Where do you think, Ryan? I, I think um, this is this is one of those scenarios where I don't think we we have enough information to be able to draw a conclusion. Th- that's just my opinion on it. Yeah. Uh, because, Both sides of the ball. Yeah. Well, no. I think at some point performance needs to stand for itself. Like yeah. you need to be able to react to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's where I'm kind of going with this. Is if it, it really depends on Mel Tucker's philosophy here. If he wanted his coordinators to send a message to his team the hard way and say, you do it our way or, or the highway kind of thing and say, we're not 
we're not going to adjust our, our strategy and game plan because you guys are not equipped. It's because of your lack of this, this, and this. You need to follow what we're saying. And they're just saying, like, oh, you want to try your way? Uh, we're going to hand you some losses. Like, that, that, there is some message that can be sent from a coach's perspective by doing it that way. Like, no, you listen to us now, and you're going to do it our way, and we're not going to budge. Now, the other side of that is, are you really going to let your program suffer and not go to a bowl and not do, you know, not see yeah. success at all and risk your own job because you're being that hard-headed? I doubt it. So what what it probably is coming back to is they're failing to make the adjustments to the talent that they have available to them at the time. You're not, I'm, I don't believe this is a five-win team. I believe they, they're not a Michigan. They're not an Ohio State. They don't have the talent. Uh, I don't even, you know, I think that, a lot of teams in the Big Ten had more talent than them, or, or some of them, but they're in the upper echelon. They're in the top half of talent-wise in the, in the Big Ten. So you're not going to convince me that they're a five-win team. So there was definitely something wrong with the response or the reaction of this team and their lack of response, their lack of game plan management You know, based on the, the tools that they had to work with. Didn't see it. And they just kept getting beat the same way over and over and over again. So where where's the... the Where's the halftime adjustments? Where's the second half of the season adjustments? Like, react one time. Are, are you saying you're putting that on Tucker or coordinators? Well, I'm saying there's a lot of scenarios. So what we don't know is the, the behind the scenes. We don't know the, what they're preaching in the locker room. We don't know what could go wrong. I, what I do know is college sports can get out of control really fast. So if you lose the message, then good luck because it's not coming back. You're not going to just bring your team back out of nowhere mm-hmm. so it, it can it can dissolve really quickly and then you know you're just gonna have to wait for the next year for it to come back so it could be one of those scenarios where we just don't have enough information to know but it was disappointing to see the the on the field production the lack of response to deal with the the lack of production mm. there it shouldn't fall the way that it did it shouldn't i think there's the floor really was six and six and to go below that is where the problem is. Yeah, agreed. You don't lose to Indiana yep. last game of the year when a bowl is on the line. Like, yeah. There's no excuse for that. Yep, You I agree. need to be better. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it was kind of like I feel like last year was, was their ceiling and this year was their floor. And we need to really know what is a Mel Tucker team going to be. And that's what 2023 is going to be all about, is figuring out. It's going to be crucial. Yeah, it really is massive. And I'm not saying that you overpaid or anything like that. I don't want to go down that, that, that road. But if you do not make changes after what we just went through this year, and then you do it again, that's when I'm like, Tucker might not be the guy. If he can make changes and you go through the growing pains now, and be like, all right, well, we're learning a new system. We're doing this. We're doing that. And it, you might go through some, get some losses because of that. I would rather, if I was a Spartan fan, I would rather see the changes be made and you do bad than stick to what we do. And kind of like the D'Antonio thing. D'Antonio went through that where it was like he just held on to his guys, just reshuffled them. He's like, well, these are my guys. I'm going to stick with them. And, and he did that way too long where it got really, really bad at the end. You can't have that with, with Tucker. You're, you have, you're getting a lot of money, and you also have, you have a lot of money that's your responsibility to pay for other pay other people. And if you can't show that you have the 
the balls, I guess, to to fire a friend, fire someone that you believe was was supposed to be there. That's when you're going to lose your job because you're not really running the program the way you should. Now, I I keep comparing Mel Tucker to Dan Campbell. I did that early on this year. It was like, like, it could go right very quickly. It could go wrong very quickly. I don't know what's when it's going right. I don't know the, the recipe. Like, I don't know exactly what, what's going on. But, like, Dan Campbell flipped the switch. He's made the tough decisions. He fired the offensive coordinator last year, and things got better. He fired uh, the secondary coach this year, mid this year, and things got better. He wasn't afraid to make the 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 call. He wasn't afraid to make the changes. And I think Mel Tucker needs to show that he's not afraid to. That's just kind of where I'm at. Now, if things go Ari in the next year and that following offseason with Tucker, can they even afford to fire him? Yeah, because it's the, the booster that's paying them. It's that Ishbia guy that's paying the contract. So, I mean, he just bought, he's buying the Suns. Yeah. So he's got plenty of money. Yeah. He'll make that money back. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of money for the rest of his contract. That's a lot. Yeah, but the buyout is is pretty reasonable, if I remember right. I didn't look at the details of it, but that might that actually might have been if he leaves. So that might I might be wrong on that. But I don't know. I just, I just think you also can't forget that D'Antonio screwed absolutely screwed this program. Yep. And what we're seeing right now, lack of talent-wise, is two years removed from D'Antonio's bullcrap move. Yeah. So this is where you're going to see that gap of talent, and it's not going to be easy for Mel Tucker to, to overcome this. So it, it's he's almost working with this kind of a year because he relied on the transfer portal for the year before and the, and the, the guys to stick around, the key seniors to stick around. Um, it's going to get tougher and tougher until you know his guys four years after – he started this whole thing, are going to be seniors and leaving the team. But mm. you did say earlier they are more talented than the teams that they lost to. Yeah, And but, that's where the red flag but, is. But this going into this year, we're comparing them to Michigan. We're comparing them to the, the upper echelon of the Big Ten. I'm and not, right now we're, we're like in the middle, right? They're, they're somewhere in the middle, lost, behind Wisconsin, yeah. behind even these other programs that have yeah, suffered. If you, if you start seeing Nebraska, Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota – Maryland continue to be better. Like let's say let's say Wisconsin and, and Nebraska Rutgers, Illinois. figure it out and, and start skyrocketing up and becoming contenders again the way that they have been in previous years and kind of jump Michigan State, that's when I'd be like, Oh boy. Or how how about USC and UCLA? How about that? Uh, yeah, that's another one. Because <laughs> this isn't getting any easier. <laughs> I yeah. mean my the only way it's getting easier is you better hope that you've gotten a good enough record to make the playoff in the end. Yeah. That's that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Well, in our season preview, I we were talking about this earlier off air about the the odds to win the Big Ten and the teams that we brought up: Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Penn State. You know the the traditional you know you know uh, the the blue bloods of the, the Big the Ten. The blue bloods, the culprits. You know, Michigan, Ohio State. They all had better odds to win the Big Ten, and they finished ahead of Michigan State. Dude, we just mentioned Iowa, Minnesota. This isn't a good look. Purdue. They're they're falling quickly. Like, they they really are. You got to change. Yeah, bottom bottom quarter, 
bottom quadrant of the Big, the Big Ten, Ten right now. It's ugly. Yeah. Yeah, especially in the division they're in too. Preseason yeah. ranked what fifteen? You said right. Yeah, fifteen. AP fifteenth. And did not make a bowl game. Didn't make a bowl game. Up to eleven before to not, week three. To not even be bowl eligible. I think I heard something on the DP show that there was one team that finished under five hundred that made a bowl game because there weren't enough teams that qualified. Yep. Was it Auburn? No, it was. Because um, I think Auburn was another five. Well, I brought that list up a couple weeks ago. For the teams that, that were going to... Didn't you tell me Connecticut made a bowl game? Yeah, UConn made a bowl yeah, game. Yeah, they did. Or, yeah. I yeah. Just, were they like four and eight? <laughs> no, they they had six wins. <laughs> did they really? I think they or five lost wins. to Marshall. Five or six. <laughs> did yeah. they just lose to Marshall? Is that who they played in the bowl yeah, game? I think so, yeah. Well, so Notre Dame, so. UConn, Notre Dame. So yeah. much for a soft Michigan <laughs> schedule. We're in the same conversation. <laughs> no, I just, I don't know. I thought it was worth talking about a little bit, Um it's going to be an interesting offseason for Mel them. T- Mel Tucker could go leave f- for Marshall, get the better job. <laughs> <laughs> they just want a bowl. <laughs> yeah. It's just crazy that they're one year removed from, what, the Peach Bowl win against Pitt or what was left of Pitt. <laughs> yeah, Pitt without <laughs> Kenny Pickett. Yeah. And their uh, stud wide Where did here. Pitt end up this year? I don't even know. That was a question. That I figured you guys didn't have the Four wins. <laughs> Four and eight. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. I don't understand how we're still under two hours. Like, we talked Lions. I feel like we've been here for four hours. I know. Doesn't it feel like it? Yeah. Well, you kind of have been. My <laughs> eyelids are like. We did restart. That's a good point. That's a great point. What time did you get here? Seven? Uh, yeah. yeah. Quarter after. Yeah. Something like that. Got our picks for the week. <laughs> what? You did? <laughs> what? You did? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Dang. He came here to set, help me set up, but it was already set up. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he was already set up. I brought you the kids. started drinking beer. I brought the kids, and we got set up, and then nice. brought the kids home. Cool. It's a good story. Cool. Yeah, you want me to tell you again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into our picks of the week. Bettinghero.com, promo code on my bets, whatever. Just figure it out. I'm going to hit the <laughs> wrong button probably. No, you don't need a bumper. Oh, okay. I already did the bumper. I need the music, though, for the picks. <laughs> promo code, yeah, yeah, okay. Fantastic. <laughs> did I say the right yeah, promo code? Yeah, I don't code? care. Figure it out. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of done with these sponsors. Well, they're kind of done with you. <laughs> I was going to say, they're, they're really done with us. <laughs> they're done with everything. Surprised they haven't cut the lights out on us. Oh <laughs> Seriously. Go to bettinghero.com right. and the URL is no longer active. <laughs> All right. Two weeks ago, Micah went two and five. Ryan went four and three. I went three and four. John, three and four. Kyle, two and five. Micah and Ryan are tied now at 61 and 50 overall. John only one game back at 60 and 51. That doesn't make – yeah, it does make sense. And then I am at 58 and 53. Kyle Dragon in the back, 55 and 56. The king is behind. Um, I do not have Kyle's picks. I'm going to get them off air. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. I I was was just trying to wrap out, like, not (laughs) not getting in last place by picking the same ones as him. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually smart. I might do that. But since, you might uh, go two and five. but since Ryan had a better week 
two weeks ago than Micah. That's so like a tiebreaker. He gets to go first. He goes first. Okay, yep. I like that. So we're going to start with Thursday night football. We got the Jags at the Jets. It's a pick em. Is there no, no, no spread? No spread. Pick it. Really? Pick it. Uh, picking Jets. Micah. Jags. Oh, we got our first one. John. Gosh, Thursday night games have been brutal. This is a battle for that class, right? Quarterback draft class. Oh, yeah, one and two, baby. Oh, I didn't even oh that's kind of cool. Give me the Jets at home. Maybe their defense stops the Jags enough. The old Bezos special. I'm going to go Jags. I think they got something going right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy into it. Very nice. I think Trevor Lawrence leads the NFL in completion percentage since week nine. Really? Yeah, he's on fire. How did he do that when that game against the Lions? Yeah, how do we're you the th- only team that can stop him. Yeah, the only team that can stop. I know, that's what I'm saying he's unreal. We're outside un- of we're unbeatable right now. Yeah, we're the only team that's unbeatable. <laughs> everybody else is beatable. Good luck, everyone. Yeah, Detroit versus everybody, literally, because nobody can beat us. So just put your best team against. Sol is just going to turn into win every S-O-L week. Sol is dead. Uh, did, did you see my meme that I put? Yeah, I did. That was pretty good, right? Same old lines could be just a bunch of winners though. <laughs> that's true. Oh, I thought that was like a. This I thought that was lines. like a little low kick at was it Skull for the Vikings, and you were saying SOL. I was like, man, he forgot the K in there. Oh no, <laughs> same old lines, baby. All right, moving on to Saturday. You got a one o'clock game. You got the Giants at the Vikings. Vikings minus three and a half. Ryan, I'm gonna pick the Vikings here. It kind of goes against my gut feeling in this one. Um, I don't know. They're going to ride that that hot second half they had against the Colts. Micah. Vikings. I hope it backfires on me. (laughs) John. Here's my chance. Kirk Cousins, Minnesota. They clinched, right? They did. It's not a Sunday 1 o'clock game. It's a Saturday 1 o'clock game. Everybody's watching. Give me the Giants. I'm taking the Giants as well. I don't know if they're going to win, but three and a half for a team that just clinched the division – don't really have a way to go up a whole lot. They're not going to catch the, the Eagles. So they might have a, a bad week. So I'm going to go with the Giants at least cover the three and a half. Um, next, you got Saturday, 1 o'clock. You got Seahawks at the Chiefs. Chiefs minus nine and a half. Come on, man. That's a lot of points. It is a lot of points. Yeah, give me the Chiefs. Seahawks cannot stop the run to save their life right now. And with that passing offense and, and the option to run it, like, they're just not going to stop them. Seahawks. Oh, boy. Are they going to win or just cover that spread? No, they're going to cover that. <laughs> okay. Are yeah. you kidding me? Kenneth Come Walker, on, he's going to have a big game for him. <laughs> yeah, I could go with that. Man, I really wanted to go Seahawks when I saw that 9.5. I thought I saw it for like 7.5 earlier, but maybe something changed. Oh. Tyler Lockett's out. Give me the, Yeah, give me the Chiefs. I'm going to go Seahawks. Home. Too many points for a team that's... Desperate. They're very, very desperate. Let's get them, Ryan. Yeah, we got Seahawks. it. <laughs> I'm not worried. Saturday, 405. Commanders <laughs> at the 49ers. 49ers minus seven at home. 49ers, baby. Got nothing for it. They're just a lot better. Yeah. Niners. I think the defenses match up a little equally here. And is Debo out? Yeah, he's still out. Give me the Commanders to win. Whoa, really? whoa, whoa, whoa. Come on now. That's that's a rooting against the that's Lions kind of attitude. The All right, phone. go back to the sheet rooting guide. 
Rooting Guide. Go back to it. Rooting Guide number 17. Read yeah. it. I know. I just picked the Giants and <laughs> the Commanders. B. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> no, we'll just be able to use this bit next week when we pick up on that oh. Rooting Guide and have <laughs> to make the updates. <laughs> go, go root more. Rooting. Man. Rooting Guide. I'm going to take the Commanders to cover seven. They're going to lose. They're not going to win, but they're going to cover the seven points. Okay. All right. Sunday. Right. Sam's so mad at me. For One o'clock. The yeah, I know. Like money run, really? Well, I'm. Okay. I wish you would lose points. He's so that. mad at me that he picked the Commanders after I picked. Them. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, one o'clock. You got the Packers at the Dolphins. Dolphins minus four and a half. Ryan, I'm picking the Packers. Ooh, that puts the pressure on Mike. <laughs> yeah, Packers to cover at least. At least. It's down in yeah, Miami, right? You know, yeah. Warm weather. weather game, track game for it's fifty uh, degrees. So it's actually not that warm. <laughs> it's fifty degrees. Yeah. Watch snow. That's start a game time in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. Well, then that's cold for Tua, isn't it? He's not used to it playing is cold that for either. Tua. He looked miserable in that game. Against yeah, he needs the a Dolphins. minimum of eighty-two. I don't know. There's a lot of speed at the wide receiving core. I'll take Tua and the Dolphins. I'm gonna take the Dolphins as well. Jeez, Sam. <laughs> More hopium than anything. But honestly, the Packers, hit, they beat the Rams and the Bears and I had a bye. And everybody thinks that the Packers fixed everything. I'm sorry. I just, I don't believe it. Well, yeah, they were healthy. I don't think they really fixed a whole lot. That's the way I was looking at it. I still think they looked like very discombobulated at times yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. It is. So, we'll see. I might be wrong. That might be right. You never know. Four and a half is stupid, but whatever. All right. Sunday, 4.30. You got the Broncos at the Rams. Rams plus two. This is game is on here because, the yeah, you guys know. The validity of that. That third overall pick. Yeah. Man, I got to take the Rams in this one. I, I want the Broncos. I just don't think they can score any points. The Broncos are trash. Baker Mayfield is going to have a heyday. Yep. Rams, baby. Clean sweep, Sam? I don't know. I might go opposite. Is Russell out? I don't know. I was actually just thinking about that. I Gosh, don't know. I should look at my fantasy squad, even though he's been on my bench all year. My man, uh, he's been out. Yeah, I mean, he, in. he hasn't been cooking. But <laughs> yeah, that's he's a, cooking something. Yeah, that's, uh, that's just a tough game. Yeah, I got to go Rams here. He's not dangerous. He's Toys R Us. You know, I'm going to take the Broncos. Oh, Sam's going <laughs> to tie me. This is in my overall, chance. This overall, is my chance. Overall record. <laughs> How much Kool-Aid did you give him? <laughs> uh, I think it's his third right there. <laughs> his third Kool-Aid. Goodness. Look. Yeah. The, ba- the Rams are bad. <laughs> Rams are bad, yeah. They are bad. <laughs> so, so are the Broncos. So are the Broncos. So are the Broncos. Yeah, but the Broncos They're at least have awful. a decent enough defense. No. Yeah, they do. They actually have a pretty <laughs> darn good defense. I don't know if they've allowed 25 points. I mean, Ram, you could say the same thing about the Rams. Yeah, like that's true. Aaron Donald. Oh, wait, is Ramsey. Donald back? I, uh, I don't know. I actually don't know. I don't think he. <laughs> I, don't <laughs> I don't think know. he's going to come back. Um, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to do what I said and take whoever I said. Broncos. Last game. You got the Saturday, 1 o'clock slot, Christmas Eve, Lions, at the Panthers. Panthers plus three. Taking Lions here. 
I, I've been betting for the Lions for, I don't know, how many weeks in a row, and I feel like it's paying off. Paying well, off, big why time. Why is the spread this close? Because it's at the Panthers, at, and they're yeah. desperate. So? They have a chance to win the division still. I think, you know, Panthers have a good defense. They do have a good defense. I just don't think they can, they're can. they going to keep up scoring-wise. terrible. I think they do it because Detroit's been like a good, solid pick in Vegas all year. So yeah. they've just kept that spread like super tight for them. In a three-point road favorite, isn't that? that's not that much. So that's no. basically saying the Lions are six points better. Would you say that they're 12 points better? Like, you can't really do that. So I, I think it's actually pretty fair, the three points. Jared Goff doesn't play really well outside, so we'll see what happens. I mean, we, he's proved that wrong here recently in a couple Good weeks. But. Tell you what, if that spread was six and a half, I'd still take the Lions. Are you kidding me? Love it. John? This is on the rooting guide. Rooting guide. <laughs> you might want to refer to that. Yeah, 5.3.17. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lions kick a For game. six. Lions <laughs> kick a game-winning field goal to win by one and – Carolina covers? No, I'm picking the <laughs> Lions. Come on now. I think the Lions offense gets back on track and absolutely dominates this football game. I think it's going to be another 35 points. Here we 35, go, 35-14, 35-10. They're just going to smoke them because Panthers suck. Wait, we, hold we, on. What were you saying when like I was said, picking? I know. I was just joking. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, look, I just think I think the Lions, they, they have something figured out. They're, they're the better team, clearly. Yeah. Too many weapons. Not enough weapons. Give me another one. I, th- I think with... Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Let's go. Let's who, take them. Who's... Uh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, I'm blanking oh. on the quarterback. Who's the quarterback for Panthers? Sam Darnold. Darnold. Yeah, Darnold. Yeah. I, I don't see how they get out of there without at least one turnover, and it, the, the theme will continue. I think it's going to be a lot... It could be a lot like the Jets game, but I think the Lions offense will be better than it was against the Jets. So... Cool. That's where... We're, yeah. All right. Well, do we want to hang out for another 7.3 minutes? Drinking craft beer. Crack that two hours. Fun game. And talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports. Beers. We drink beers today. Beer yeah, here. Yeah. Mike, a drink. Did you see a ball? Sure did. We all drank premium lager. I think we've all graded these before. Sure have. Um, I would say go check out the hops, but uh, can't really do that. So, <laughs> unless you hurry, by the time we leave, <laughs> yeah, we'll maybe. sell you a beer out of the fridge for cash. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> kidding, the hops. Yeah, we want to do something. We're not actually Wink. doing that. Um, no, but we'll let you know <laughs> when they open, if they open. Yeah, I'm and not. I'm not counting. I'm not counting. And, and if we hear from them about it, yeah, that opening. has something to do with it too. Um, but. It was a fun relationship for the last couple of years, three years with the hops. I'm I'm assuming it's over. Um, we'll see. Maybe maybe they'll yeah. surprise us and reopen and yeah, yeah. I mean, we're all hoping, right? Going. Yeah, but we're hopping. That's kind of <laughs> the hops. <We're> <laughs> Get it? That's kind of all we got. Instead I mean, that's hoping. kind of our our we beer hoping. Our beer grades for the day. Um, looking for the outro. That's the outro. That was episode 185. Oh, we're not rating these. No. I was going to give did. it like a 6.0 since I have 60 wins in the pick on the season. There you go. 6.1. All right. 6.2. <laughs> thank you guys for what we're recording. Oh, thank You've you all for listening. listening. See ya. Talk to you next week. Sports.
From the Red Wings to the Lions, to the Tigers to the Pistons, to Michigan and Michigan State, and everything in between, we're talking about it. And don't forget the beer. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.